Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to all my people, and if you're listening to or watching this podcast, you're most definitely my people. Today on Botch Spots and Chair Shots, we have another fantastic guest hailing from the Bronx, New York. He is a rising star, fast on the independent scene. He is one piece of the most dominant faction in Northeastern independent wrestling. He's here to take over. He is Jay Bougie. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting about some wrestling. How are you tonight? Hell yeah, man. I'm feeling good. I, I love that introduction. I'm, I'm going to clip that. I'm going to clip that and put that up on my Instagram, bro. Back good, back. man. We can do a, a trade-off. I'll get you to, to give me a spot, and I'll do yours for you then. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. Woo. That, 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 was, that was fire. Thank you, bro. Excellent, man. Let's talk about the here and now first. You're blowing up on the independent scene. You're getting booked against some of the biggest names in indie wrestling and beyond that. How's it feel to go from a kid in the Bronx to wrestling multiple times a week living your dream? Yo, it's crazy, bro. So, like, I just literally hit a year doing the indies um last week. So, within that year, bro, I, I've traveled to Philadelphia, Connecticut, Rhode Island, of course, all over New Jersey. Um, I actually went to Florida once, too, like, before I really started getting into everything. And then, funny thing that you say, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a young kid from the Bronx. And then I was up at XWA. It was in... August or July, and I'm on the same card as Kurt Angle, Gangrel, JTG from Crime Time. Like my mom loved Crime Time, bro. So it was seeing them was crazy. And then I was in the locker room, right? And you know, we were just we're looking at the the card layout, you know, whenever we're going on. And I just turn around and it's like, oh shit, Kurt Angle sitting right behind me. I was like, whoa, like it, that was like the first time I ever actually been like starstruck, you know? Because I was like the uh, handle myself and kind of myself as a professional at all times you know i give people their respect their space you know we're all here to work end of the day i went up there to introduce myself i was like hey kurt thank you for everything you've done really really big fan of your work everything's like hey it's nice to meet you what's your name and like for a second i forgot my name bro like i stuttered i was like oh oh shit like john like like, like how are you doing and everything so he was really cool like he gave me a, a moment of his time uh he told me like you know what to do how to like put my stuff together so it it, it, it was just mind-blowing bro because like literally it's kurt angle like i remember watching him when he was doing the, the flips all with, with the brock lesnar match he even had bro then when he's in impact main event mafia bro like everything it, it, it was just crazy so um and then now you fast forward now i'm actually in done me my year and we got, obviously, we know what I'm on here for. We're here for the takeover versus STP. You know what I mean? The, being in the same ring, being in the same venue, the same card as Shane Taylor, uh, Moses, uh, Big Bad Kaiju, O'Shea, and, and Rev, Ron. Like, it's crazy, bro. Like, wrestling happens very fast. Like, stuff changes very fast. Uh, since you're already, you're going to talk on it, let's talk about TakeOver. They're currently draped in gold. You guys are holding lots of gold right now. What's it like in being one of the most dominant factions in Northeastern wrestling right now, man? The New York territory has a vast history, and you guys are up there as one of the dominant factions. How's it starting to feel? Um, it, it's Honestly, it's everything that we knew it would be. Like, we already knew we was the best. We already knew we had what it took to, like, literally take over. Like, we got trained by the best trained there is. We were trained by Johnny Rods, bro. Like, we was down in Gleason's gym. Everybody knows what Johnny did with the ECW crew. 
Do you know, like, he, like, he makes athletes, he makes stars that, like, stay there, you know, who are, like, the foundation. But, um, you know, the, 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 the pandemic came and, you know, that kind of mixed up a lot of things for us because we couldn't, we couldn't, um, actually work. So, um, it was at a moment where we were just there, like, damn, like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Because we see other people get opportunities and we're just there like, damn, like, what are we going to do? So myself, PJ, uh, Jacko, and Face, we were just talking. And we was like, yo, like, we got to make something happen. You know, it's like New York isn't doing nothing for us, but there's some stuff going on. New Jersey's moving and everything, right? Like, like to be honest with you, bro, I ended up moving out to New Jersey just because I knew there was nothing going on in New York. So I was like, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? And we 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 like-minded individuals, you know. We have we have the hive mind that's that like people like to say, and we um we just like to make things happen, bro. So talking about Johnny Rods, um, he dates back, man, the New York Territory WWF three Ws way back in the day. How does it feel to be able to train with somebody who had such a positive influence for people of color as far back as the '50s and '60s? You know what I mean? Yo, it's crazy because like he says to us too when like he talks about his story about him being like a Puerto Rican. You know, he he, he yeah. grew, up, grew up in the hills. You know, up in Puerto Rico, bro. Like he really paid his dues. Like his whole story is crazy on why and and, and how he got into the business. So he was like he was a groundbreaker, and 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 that's how I feel like we are too. You know, we we are all individuals. You know, uh, of color, minorities, and we want to be the guys that like people from our neighborhood can do this. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, you, you think about it, right? You, you go to high school, go to college, what everybody does, football, basketball, baseball. You know, you might get the occasional soccer player. You might get a rugby player if the school has that program or maybe even hockey, you know, it just depends on what the, the, the school is offering. And there's never talk of professional wrestling, you know? Like, and, and then if there is there, you got people like, oh, well, that's, that's the make-believe, that's this and that. And it's like, people don't understand it's, it's an art. So I want kids that's in my neighborhood. I know PJ wants it too. I know we all want it where it's like, you can do this. You know, we want to be that beacon of hope. And 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 that I feel like that's another reason why we ended up getting alongside with Shane Taylor Promotions, because those are guys who are doing things in the industry that is making believe that you can do something. You know, like they're going out there, they're saying, like, nah, like we can do this. If you you get your soldiers, you get your brothers where you you put your head down, y'all stick together, y'all can make anything happen. And that's literally what happened with us. Like, look, I'm gonna show you right now. We all won gold. This other week, we we all walked away with a championship. You understand what I'm saying, bro? And and it was long overdue. Like we knew we was always those guys. We just need an opportunity. And thankfully, the people at Invictus, of course, because they're helping us out with this event and the people at IWA, it was like, yo, like, I was on a hiatus for about six months. It was like, y'all are my guys. I believe in y'all. So that night, and it just went up on IWTV too. We took over. Like, we, we destroyed that whole card, bro. The whole night, you just constantly kept seeing us and seeing us over and over and over and got to the point where... Like people, they was booing us by the end of the night, they want to start cheering us. And it, it's crazy bro, because we, we we say we're the worst heels ever because we come out there, you're supposed to get booed, you're supposed to be this, but by the end of the night, people is clapping and cheering for us. But you know, we're the cool guys, you know? And, and that's really, really what it comes down to. Um, so looking at that TakeOver versus Shane Taylor promotions event on May 20th, 
Um, how excited are you for it to be able to, to step in the ring and go? Man, I'm, I, I'm extremely excited. I, I'm excited because I get to punch Rev in his face. Finally get to punch him in his face, bro. Because for months, months, since January, bro, because he actually just tweeted out earlier because someone said, hey, like, how, how did this happen? What's going on, right? And then I, I tell a story all the time, like, exactly where I'm sitting at right now, bro, where we talking at right now. I'm chilling. I'm on my phone. I just said the story last night. I play, I play Call of Duty, bro. I'm playing Call of Duty in my crib. I'm chilling, playing Warzone. Look at my phone. I get the tweet notification. It says, it says Rev, Rev Ron Hunt at J Bougie. It says, Wrestling World, please feed me J Bougie. That is all. Now, to be honest with you, bro, I looked at it. I was humbled for a second. So I'm like, damn, like this is someone who doesn't have to doesn't have to do what he's doing right now for me. You feel me? Like the, let's call it what it is, man. He, he's a guy that has accomplished using ROH. He's with a, a bunch of dudes that are accomplished as well. And for him to take the time out of his day, the guy, I want to go up against this guy. But the way he did it, he messed up because he said, feed me Jay Bougie. And that's one thing that none of us can take over. We are not food. Everyone else is food to us. So he said that. I hit the guys. I said, yo, look, what's going on here? Now, mind you, just the night before, bro, we was talking like, yo, we need something. We need another set of like-minded individuals. We need another faction that we can go up against. Because like I said, bros, like you said, we're the most dominant team out here, the most dominant faction out here. And there's no one that can step to us. It's only right. And if you if you look at look at our history and Shane Taylor's history, it's like this is the only way this can happen. Take over an STP. It's the only way. These are the only two teams that can make this happen. So we went for the back and forth. And I told Rev, I said, listen, you got your kaiju, you got prolific Moses, and you got the baddest Shane Taylor. I said, okay, that's cool. But I got the feral face. I got the devil. You feel me? Like, like I'm a real sick individual, bro. I got the greatest showman Jacko, and everybody keeps asking me, what does it mean to be the greatest showman? I keep telling them over and over. The fact that he's able to have a wild animal, a beast-like individual-like face in his corner and on go at any time of the day, that just shows you how spectacular he is because face don't like nobody, bro. Face don't just rock with just anybody, bro. Nah, Jacko's his right-hand man. And then I told him, you got the baddest, I got a savage. I got PJ Savage, main event savage, the savage of all the professional wrestling. So if you want to do it, let's do it. But we're going to do it right. You bring your guys, I bring my guys. Now let's do it. And now this is what you see. Now Rev and I, we in a bodega street fight, bro. A bodega street fight for New York City because Rev got these jokes where he want to talk about the ring lights. And, you know, I'll be wearing my Crocs. It's, a, it's all a big game to him. It's all a big joke to him, bro. And it's like, that's all sweet and everything. But like I said last night with the other uh, podcast I was on, I was like, I need a win. I need this win. Like, you ask me how important this is? This is probably the most important match, the most important night, the most important show of my career so far, bro. Like, I need this. And the reason why I say that I need this because Rev and I, we are kind of like, and the, we're like, we're like the, the, the same character, so to say, within our respective families. And, and notice I say family because we both got a family. We got a family that's willing to go to war any second with each other. And Rev's got us funny. He makes the Twitter jokes, do all that. That's me. I'm funny. I'll go back and forth on the internet with you. We'll do the banner. We'll do the whole thing. But People don't respect Rev how they should respect him. And that's personal for me because I felt the same way at one point. If people wasn't respecting me, I didn't need to respect him. So now we in a street fight. Rev was actually bestowed the honor of having match of the year during a street fight for his uh, respective uh, promotion that he had did it. And I believe it was RCW, he said. I can't, I can't remember right now off the top of my head. And for me, that's an opportunity. I want you at your best, Rev. I know you're going to see this clip too, Rev, so I'm, I'm talking directly at you. I'm going to look directly at the camera to you, Rev. I want you at your best. 
You had your best night of your career in a street fight, so I want to bring you back in that element. Why? Because I need to beat you at your best. I need people to understand who Jiggy Booty is. I need people to understand who Takeover is. That this is not just some gimmick name, just, just a play on words, man. No, we are here to simply take over. And it's going to start with you, STP. It's going to start with you, Rev. Because I'm going to take you, I'm going to bust you in your head. I'm going to make you pay for all those things you've been tweeting out on Twitter, brother. And you know it's business, but it's personal at the same time. So understand, I'm coming in and I'm going to whip your ass. I'm going to get that W because I cannot lose. I will not lose. And that's the same thing that goes for you, Moses and O'Shea. The faces ones are coming in here for a victory. They're coming in here to make a statement. Why? Because people got these questions on who faces, who jackals. We are going to learn who they are on May 20th. And when it comes to you, Shane, you already know what happened. PJ ran up in, in your podcast before. Same way I ran up in Kaiju's podcast. You the best, but I got a savage. Like you say, y'all know the difference between a firecrack and a, and a gunshot. That's different. That gets to your mental. Savage is coming in there to hurt you. We coming in to hurt y'all. I'm saying it right now. Clean sweep. All right, so you're going into a bodega street fight. How do you prepare mentally, strategically, versus a normal, just a normal match in the ring when you know you're going to go into a bloody battle? How are you preparing mentally for that, knowing what you and Rev Ron are about to do? The way I prepare for that mentally is that I already, I already done been through this already. I, I was in the unsanctioned match. Just uh, in February, it was myself and the faceless ones going against PJ Savage because he was in another faction at the time. Sin uh, with Jazz Hardthrone and Dennis Morgan. I was I will send you the highlight reel of that if you haven't seen it yet. That was a very bloody match, bro. A very bloody match. Tax everywhere, doors being used, people getting waterboarded by with, with beers. Now that was against somebody that I love and call family and PJ. I did that to somebody that I love. That's my brother. That's been a person having me underneath the wing and I helped my career inside and outside the ring. Imagine what I would do to you. Imagine what I'll do to somebody that, that isn't family, somebody that I don't like, somebody that's on Twitter having all these jokes and making this fun and everything like that. Imagine what I'll do to you then, bro. So when, when you ask me about preparing, it's just think, think about what you did to family. Now think about this guy who isn't family. Just go right back to that same mindset. Right back to it. Well, I've seen that highlight reel, so I knew ahead of time this wasn't your first venture into hardcore wrestling. But uh, looking back on it, when was the first time in your career you hit that move and you were like, wow, I can't believe I pulled that spot off? Um, honestly, it, it will probably go back about three years ago when I was back at Gleason's with another uh, performer. His name is Lavelle Dunn. He's by the name Mantis. Another great guy. He's really cool. He helped me a lot when I first started training because he, he was a guy I went to I want to do the, all, the, all the high spots, all the cool moves. I went to him because he, he's, he's an amazing base, very strong, very athletic. And we actually did, you know, I do the, 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 the tilt to world, the head scissors around and around. We did that six times, six times. And with, with little to no practice at all, because we just called it right there in the ring, because we knew what to do. It was like, okay, we're going to just go see how far we can go. And we did it, and ESPN picked it up. Uh, Sports Nation actually reached out to me uh, on Twitter, and they say, yo, can we use this? And that video has 100,000-plus views to this day, and it's still going up. So I believe it was at that moment, I'm like, I can definitely do this. Definitely do this. So growing up as a kid in the city, what wrestling were you exposed to growing up? So I was, I tell people this all the time too, because um, it's not a knock anything, but I was only exposed to WWE. I didn't know about Indies. I didn't know about ROH, New Japan. I found out about Impact very late. I think I was probably already in 
the sixth or seventh grade when I found out because my teacher at the time was a big wrestling fan. So I'll go home, I'll watch, we'll come back in the next day, we'll talk about just get the magazines and, and bring it to school. So we had that relationship there, but I was exposed to just straight WWE, you know, and, and it, it was Stone Cold. Stone Cold is my favorite wrestler of all time. He's the one that started it all for me. And it, it really was that reaction. Like when, when that glass breaks, bro, and you you can and, and I love the camera work on it because it's like when a glass break, it pans out to the crowd. So you see the quick snap, the old shit, then it's like, <gasps> like that's what I wanted, bro. And and that, that's what made me want to want to do wrestling. I was like, I want people to react that way to me. So uh, I completely agree, man. When I was growing up, I grew up the early 90s, the Ric Flair debuting in WWE, winning the Royal Rumble leading up to the Attitude Era. That's when I was cutting my teeth as a fan. So I, that, that raw pop, when that music hit, like I get what you're talking about. And if you're in the arena live and you're seeing some of these guys come through the curtain, you know, like that's an unreal feeling for somebody who isn't even a wrestling fan. If you have the opportunity to see it live and to feel that raw energy in the arena, it doesn't matter if you're a fan or not. You can't ignore the energy that's in that room. Bro, and, and it's so crazy that you say it because you just made me remember something. I remember my very first live event I ever went to, my mom took me. It was at Madison Square Garden. And and this was right on the verge of, um, I think it was after WrestleMania 21. Because I the main event was like, um, it was Triple H versus somebody in a steel cage. And Batista comes out. This was with his old theme song. So he, he just turned face. And I was really young, bro. I, I like, I didn't quite understand like the whole pop the reaction everything I just knew like oh I liked it and it wasn't until like I started like training and, and I got a little older when I was watching a Seth Rollins documentary the uh redesign rebuild reclaim that's kind of what made me really say like yo like I want to do this because I'm watching that and I felt emotional about it I'm looking at the fireworks girls like I, I I see the passion that Seth had and Seth kind of got me like really back into it like heavily on like a weekly thing while I was watching it so I started going to these events and events, and I started like paying attention to little things like John Cena comes out. People, before he even comes out, Cena sucks. Let's go, Cena. John Cena sucks. Like, they're going crazy, bro. People just do it just because it's fun. And that's one thing about wrestling is it's fun, it's entertainment. So, I actually was able to go to the Royal 25 whenever I think it was the 25th. I think it was, I think it was that because they had, um, it was at the Manhattan Ballroom and it was at Barclays, that, 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 that double venue shot that they had did. And that was my first time ever seeing Stone Cold live, bro. And yo, when that glass shattered, man, I was like, oh yeah, it's a rush. It's a rush, bro. It's a rush. When was that moment in your your childhood or your later in life or your adolescence that you were like, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel like I want to do for a living. Oh, it was very early, bro. It was, and like I said, like I I, I obviously didn't like quite put it into like you know the understanding it so i got older but i was very young bro stone cold i i don't like so i'm i'm a guy i don't have necessarily a favorite match i have like moments i'm a guy that i love an entrance bro when i love that initial reaction and i love the end of a match like when the music hits again i love a running i love saves bro i used to be younger bro go on youtube type in stone cold saves to see whatever comes up put king saves whatever comes whatever comes i would just watch that bro but it was really early on. I got just this one very vague memory. It was just Stone Cold coming out, bro. I was like, yo, I want this. Like, I, I want this. I, I don't know what it is, but I was just hooked. Like, that glass. Because, you know, we, we, we trained to hear that glass and the sun's about to pop off. 
and then you see people going crazy and then the energy it, it, it was just wild bro it was crazy all right so uh let's jump into your training just a little bit um when you were training with johnny rods at his school what was the training regiment like working with him so it was literally basics all day long for like three months bro you're rolling for hours so johnny had johnny's the way johnny's was i think he got there around like two maybe one in the afternoon and he's there from open to close i would go every day right after work so sometimes i'm there for either three or four hours like i would try to get the earlier shift as best as i can because i was like i gotta get here i, I want to be in this ring for the time but it was rolling bro straight rolls per, uh perfecting your bumps and because like if you know your basics bro you can do anything in that ring literally anything like anything so it would be you know the the simple uh arm drags i'm a guy i hate arm drags bro arm drags is like my achilles heel when it came to training because i could never go over the proper way you know it was just like it just wasn't me i just couldn't get it i just couldn't get it bro it, it was just whatever but arm drags headlock takeover hip tosses you know you're, you're doing the, the regular one two comeback like very very basic stuff because once you know your basics bro and you understand the psychology behind it you can start plugging in where you are as an individual and as a performer you can plug it in wherever it is bro so it, it's really cool because i got basics bro and 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 i learned i see that now that i'm on the indies a lot of people didn't have that like granted we couldn't do indies when we was with johnny because he's really straight real old school bro if you were johnny you was johnny like there's no indies no seminars nothing and i see the benefits of that because i was just training straight training for three years bro getting the getting the fundamentals down and now it's like i could go in there have a match easily just easy because you understand psychology bro you understand it so entering psychology since you're bringing it up let's talk about the difference between being able to call it in the ring and pre-planning your matches up there's always a need for both where do you feel comfortability wise if you come up with a new opponent do you feel like you have the ability to call it in the ring like the guys in the old days oh 100 100%. 100% because i'm a guy that knows i know what i need to do and i know where to just put my shit i know where to just plug in you feel me? If I if I got a guy, literally, um, I it was I went to SWF. This is another promotion that's been holding us down out here heavily. Shout out to SWF. PJ was on the card. We weren't on the card. Myself, the faceless one. We just showed up with him. It was like, oh shit, like like the takeovers here, like what? And then and later on in the match, PJ went over. He won. Everything was good. Later on in the show, they stayed. Somebody was running late. It's like, yo, we need another match. Bougie, you got your gear? Hell yeah, I got my gear. You always you always gear. got your gear, right? Always got your gear. <laughs> Bro, always. So then it was like, yo, you're going get you're going in with this guy. We have five minutes. We literally they told me five minutes before we even went out there. Went out there, had one of the literally, this is the promoter's words and, and the ages words. We had one of the best matches of the night out there. Why? Because I know the psychology. I, I, I know how to entertain people, bro. I'm out there to put a show on for the fans, you know? So it don't matter about me, like, oh, whatever cool shit that I want to do. Nah, I want to make sure you have a moment where it's like, Bougie, I hate him or I love him. Or it's like, oh, like, I got this clip where, like, Bougie's, like, mouthing off at me or we, we got, like, something there. You know, I want to have something where it's like, I'm very interactive, bro, and I understand that where it's like, we're here to entertain and, and, and to put shows on for people. So whether it's calling it or or putting together, I just, I try to look for moments, bro, and, and just make something cool. But as a wrestling fan, for me, and from my perspective, it means a lot when a guy can connect to the crowd versus sometimes you can tell when a guy wants to connect with the crowd and when he just wants to pop the boys in the back. Like, can you speak on the, the importance of connecting with the crowd and not always just going for the pop? 
honestly, bro, without the crowd, we're nothing. Literally. Like, I, it's funny, I actually just worked a show this past weekend, and it, it, it didn't have the greatest crowd number. You know, it's a Sunday, you know. You know how sometimes Sunday things go. But end of the day, like, first of all, you paid your hard-earned money. You drove while gas prices are absolutely ridiculous right now. So I don't care if it's, hell, give me 10 people in there or 200 people in there. You come in there, I'm going to put on a show for you because people's going to appreciate that. And then they like, you, you, you go out there, you work for your dollars, man. So for you to invest that into me and my career and, and into the promotion that's helping give me a foundation to elevate myself, I'm always going to go out there and connect with you. Always. Like, I actually just got, a, um, it's, it's his dad. And it, I was so humbled by this. His dad, he gets his daughter every other weekend or every weekend or so. They have, like, the daddy-daughter wrestling things that they do. And from the first time we met, like, his, his daughter loves me. And, and, and she made me a sign. She made me two signs, and she just had it for me. And it was crazy because they came to my show Saturday and they came to my show that Sunday. I gave her my own personal shirt. She wore it. She was so happy. And it was cool just to know that, like, that they're connecting through me. Like, I'm giving them something that they have every weekend. Uh, not just me, of course, but, you know, all wrestlers, whoever they come out to see. But I know I'm one of their favorites. And we openly talk. We discuss things. Like, I even gave them the idea. I said, hey, why don't you start a podcast or, 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 or little reviews or something? Now they're starting that, you know? So it, it, it's really humbling. And, and, and it's an honor to know that, like, I'm able to help people and their personal lives, especially when the, when the father-daughter thing, like for me personally, like I started watching wrestling with my mom. I didn't have my dad the whole time, like when I was younger. You know, I have, I have a relationship with him now. Like he's cool. He comes to shows when he can, but it's like when I see a father putting in that time and have a connection with his daughter, it's real personal for me. So it's like when I see something like that, it's like I'm going to make sure I put on a show for y'all. And make sure you, even if I'm the hill, I'm going, I'm going like that. I'm trying to like, the only person that I like. All right, uh, I'm going to throw you a question from left field, okay? Completely unrelated to wrestling. Uh, it's not your only love in your life. Uh, let's talk about your rap career. What you got going on in the world of music right now for in your in your world? Oh, man, so, wow, yeah, thank, thank you for actually asking me about that. I, I appreciate that. Um, So, right now, I actually have a, a project that's done. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm just being a little lazy to kind of put everything together. It's actually myself and GMP. GMP is the other guy that does my theme songs with me. He's uh, my engineer. And he's a guy that he's been doing music for years. Real, real humble dude. Great. And he took me underneath his wing because honestly, I just started doing music because I'm going to be real with you. I thought the W theme songs sucked. I didn't like none of them, bro. It's, 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 it's not Jim on it no more, bro. It's not Jim doing his thing. So it's like, it's like, ah, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather do me, you know, and, and to be honest, too, I took, like, influences from, like, the Usos, I see Keith Lee does his own thing, so it's like, all right, well, you know what, I could do my thing, too, and then when it comes to music-wise, a big uh, uh, influence on who I am as a performer, just how I am as an as a individual, was the late rapper Pop Smoke, if you watch any of his videos, bro, he's entertaining, he's having fun. And you hear a lot in this business. You want to have fun when you're out there. Anytime I'm watching, he was having fun. So I took a lot of that and I applied it to myself. So I was like, hey, you know, like, and it's during the pandemic. I couldn't wrestle, bro. So I'm like, how, how can I perform? Like, how can I express myself? Like, hey, let me start doing some music. So I started doing music, bro. And it's like, surprisingly, it's been, people have been very receptive to it. Like, people like a lot of my songs. They tell me what they, their favorite songs are songs that I don't even like. I'm like, wait, you like that? Like, what? I don't even like that one no more. Like, how? But it, it's, it's super cool because it allows me to connect in a different level with the fans. And I'm actually letting you in on a lot of personal things as well. Like if you listen to a lot of my songs, it's about the takeover. 
literally about myself, PJ Jacko, and Face. You know, I, in one of my songs called Sunday Service, I say, uh, 29 years of heartbreak, 29 years of pain. That's PJ. You feel me? P- putting in that work. You feel me? PJ got, I think PJ got, PJ got a lot of kids. I forgot how many kids he got, but he got a lot of kids. <laughs> I think like four or five kids, bro. And he's like, he tells that story of how it's like, I'm out here grinding like for my family. You know, I'm out here putting in this work, putting in this time. And, you know, of course, you know, you know how the business goes time to time. It don't always go to how you want it to go. But it's like, I took that emotion that he had and I put it in the music. And to be honest with you, music helped me do promos, bro. Like, that's how I really learned how to do a promo. And it's like, yo, I, this is just music. It's just writing rhymes. So it's been really good. And another thing, too, story-wise, if you listen to Witness and you listen to my new theme song called Takeover, it's literally a continuation. Witness is like the introduction of who we are when we first got into the indie scene. And Takeover was like, yo, we've been here for a year. Like, you're going to acknowledge us as Takeover. We was all call, always calling ourselves Takeover, but sometimes people ain't want to rock with it. No, you're rocking with it now. You have no choice but to. So music is really good. Um, I have a project coming out. I'm going to try and get it out by the by the show date, by May 20th. It's, it's a lot of different vibes to it, and I'm excited for it. So I grew up listening to a lot of early 90s East Coast hip-hop. Um, I appreciate the Biggie Small side of things, the Wu-Tang Clan side of things. So I'm going to ask you a loaded question, and everybody has an opinion one way or the other. Are you a Biggie or a Pac guy? I want to say now I'm more of a Pac guy just because Pac had that aggression. He was unapologetic about what he was doing. He had a story. He had a message. Not to say that Biggie didn't. He had his vibe. He had it. I went through it because I wasn't just a straight Biggie, but it's like, if off the top of my head and I can feel what I, what I can like relate to is is gonna be Tupac. Like whenever the Biggie movie came out, one of my friends, he was to it every day, bro, every day. So I got up on songs like like Juicy and everything like that, you know, uh Notorious Thugs with Bone Thugs and Harmony, bro. That's one of my favorite songs with him. But when it comes to like who I feel like captivates me and my attention energy-wise, definitely Tupac. So wrestling and hip hop, they've got a lot of the same, you could call them territories laid out. You got the Northeast with New York, LA out West, the American South, when you get into Georgia and Tennessee and some of that stuff. Um, when you compare those two with them being such big, large parts of your life, who are your biggest musical influences and who are your biggest professional wrestling influences? So um, wrestling, I want to say off rip Stone Cold, uh, definitely Stone Cold, um, Okay, if we're talking for wrestling from like an all-time perspective, it's definitely Stone Cold, uh, Undertaker, Triple H is in there, Kane is in there because Kane is severely underrated. I hate how people treat him, bro. We talk about storytelling and character-wise, bro. Kane is the man. What he was doing back then, the OG Kane. Oh, that's a tangent. Anyway, though, <laughs> um, but definitely them, and but like more so like currently, I want to say um. From wrestling wise, Seth Rollins definitely. Um, who else is like, and then like Roman Reigns now, just because it's like he's an asshole, and I know that's really him who he's being right now. And I'm watching, I'm learning from him. I watch everything, bro. I study everything, bro, because these are guys that I'm. I want to face. I want to face Roman Reigns one day. I want to face him at WrestleMania, SummerSlam, WrestleMania Backlash, whatever names are gonna have by then. Bro. <laughs> you know, I want. I want to do the whole vibe with him, even Cody, bro. Like. Another tangent, but uh, when it comes to music, um, like I said, Pop Smoke, uh, 50 Cent, 50 Cent, heavily 50 Cent. He was literally, I, bro, I had the G on the clothes growing up, bro. My mom would get me the wife here and everything like that, so that was, that was really dope. Um, 
uh, I, I, just, I like a lot of music, so I can't necessarily like pinpoint exactly where because I listen to rock too, bro. Everybody loves Skillet. I love Skillet. I grew up playing SmackDown versus Raw, so I listen to you. Know, I believe it's, it's non-point, like Bullet with a name on it, like stuff like that. I played Guitar Hero, bro. So like, <laughs> music, bro, it's it's a spectrum for me because I like everything. Like I listen to uh, Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter, bro. Like fire, fire, you know. But um, off the top, music-wise, I'll definitely say it's Fifty Cent, Pop Smoke. Um, yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't really think of no one really else that like pops out to me. Of course, you got like Future. You got um, um, who else is on my playlist, bro? Like, it's just a bunch of people. Like, I I like a lot. Oh, The Weekend. I like The Weekend a lot now. And J Cole. I like J Cole now because he's a storyteller, and that's how I feel the type of music that I do. So I've been listening to a lot of J Cole with that. I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. Uh, he's got a new album dropping, and I feel like he's just lyrically. He does more than just rap music and make songs. He tells a story from the first word to the last word of what his song is about. And that's what I appreciate about it. That's exactly, bro. And 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 that's the level I kind of want to hit when it comes to music, like a J. Cole Kendrick level. Yeah. Of course, we, we can always like, you know, say, say the cool trendy stuff like that. But I'm a guy that I like to sit down and write, you know, or type what I do on my phone. I'll play the beat over and over and I'll just wait until what, what I feel. And if I feel it, then I can write a song. So if I don't feel nothing in that moment, then I'm not going to do anything to it yet. I'll just wait. And that's kind of how like my takeover, my new theme song takeover happened. I didn't have nothing. Then Faye said to me one day, like, yo, new, new takeover theme. I'm like, all right, well, let's try it. And then boom, and now, now that's what we got now. Excellent. All right, man. Well, I close every interview with five rapid fire questions. I got your five questions lined up. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Oh, uh, I I would say it was Inglorious Bastards. I love that movie a lot, but uh, Friday or Avengers Endgame. It, it's, 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 it's always there. I pick Infinity War over Endgame all the time. My favorite movie, though, is Shawshank Redemption. Wow. Wow. That's a movie right there. Nice. Um, favorite fast food? Favorite fast food? Oh, McDonald's. No, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. It's Chick-fil-A. It's Chick-fil-A. Uh, favorite color? Blue. Favorite vacation spot? Dominican Republic. I just went there like two years ago, right before the pandemic. And, bro, it was amazing. It was and amazing. who's your dream opponent? Uh, dream opponent? Uh, well, I know it's done now because he just wrestled his last match, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But if I can't get him, I'm definitely going to say um, either Roman or Cody. Excellent, man. All right, Jay Bougie, uh, plug your stuff, man. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's Jay Bougie everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm also on TikTok, but I don't dance on there, but you could definitely go watch some of my stuff. Um, oh, and also quick, quick, quick shout out to Strictly for the Culture. They are sponsoring me during uh, the May 20th event, TakeOver versus SCP. So definitely, definitely appreciate you guys out there. Um, but yeah, Jay Bougie everywhere. Also on Spotify, Apple Music too. You can check out my music right there also. But I'm just happy to be on here, man. Thank you for the opportunity, bro, and for the platform. And I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about some wrestling with me. Oh, yeah, man. Five Spots and Share Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Five Spots and Share Shots on all platforms. Make sure we're here on Five Spots and Share Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. Jay Savage of the Central Takeover, the Takeover all day, and Boss Boss and Chair Savage. Savage!